Hello, Penguins fans. My audio should be back to, you know, the one that you all are accustomed to. I don't sound like I'm 20 feet away from Like I still can't believe I had that awful rookie mistake. Happy Tuesday, August 16th, just about a month away, almost from training camp now. You know, this offseason continuing to fly by. Third week here of August. For today's show, we're going to get into um, a tweet I saw today from um, Evolving Walt. Jason of Penguins Twitter put, put it up there, but um, he put Evolving Wild's um, average contract value added per team, and it um, has the Penguins in a very favorable favorable light, so I'm going to get into that. Also going to get into um, the top 20 NHL centers right now that Antoine Network just ran, and also how that compared to the fans, because Jay Fresh um, <clears throat> did his own poll. So a couple very notable Penguins are going to be on there. I'll get to that. And then, you know, some other... Uh, news and notes from around the league. So that's all coming up right after this drop. Your Locked On Penguins. Your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter, Hunter Hodes. You can also follow the show's Twitter, LO, underscore Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. You know it's really, we're all really in the dog days of summer because I have probably not cut my hair since the playoffs started. Um, for those that watch on YouTube, yeah, if you can, if I turn my head to the side a little bit, yeah, that that is how long it is um, at this point. This is why I, I don't ever, I, I don't ever, not wear a hat just because it's it's too crazy. Um, so hopefully hopefully that will change some point before training camp. But still as quiet as ever on the NHL right now, nothing is happening. I think just again, teams that have cap space don't want to take on bad contracts, and teams that don't have a lot of cap space, um, pr- the prices are probably sky high from those from those teams that you know they want to have the salary dumped um, onto them. So. We'll have to see. You know, it's it's created quite the standstill. I was reading uh, from Danny Shirey um, of DK Pittsburgh Sports on Friday, and I mean, he basically just said, "Yeah, I mean, they people around the league have never seen this sort of like a standstill right now." Yeah, you got the World Juniors going on, but you know, it's not. It, all the favorites are winning. The U.S. The USA just crushed everyone in their group. Canada crushed everyone in their group. They're probably both going to meet in the gold medal match, and I'm sure that's going to be. Um, quite the sight when those two teams um, likely clash. But to start off today's show again, so Jason of Penguin's Twitter, Twitter, J underscore A155, he posted um, this data um, from Evolving Wild. Well, the data is from Cat Friendly, but Evolving Wild, they use their model and it's for average contract value added per team. So it looks at, you know, their projections versus what the Penguins signed the players to. So for example, you know, the Penguins, you know, they were project evolved the evolving wild twins were projecting Latane to get over nine million per year. Penguins signed him for six point one. That's a minus three point eight three million dollar difference. That is a very good thing, at least according to the model. Of all of the teams in the NHL, the Penguins added an average contract value seven hundred fifty K per contract. The only team that was better than them with the average contract value added per team for the projected cap hit versus the actual cap hit 
but Toronto Maple Leafs at 1.25 million. Um, and actually 1.25, yeah, yeah, and the, and the only 1.25, uh, 1,250, geez, not million. I'm just way out of it today. And the only reason it's there for Toronto is because they projected, um, Mark Giordano to get like five million. He took like almost league minimum. So, you know, that that's, I think, going to skew it a little bit um, when it comes to that. Um, but, you know, you look at, you know, the contracts the Penguins have signed this all season. Again, you know, for Latang, 9.93 million was Evolving Wilds, the Twins projected cap it. Yes, definitely a bit weak. Um, I, I, I'm definitely a bit weak. Definitely a bit strong, I will say that. But, you know, very good value the Penguins got there. Even for Brian Rust, they projected Rust to get almost $8 million per season. He ended up getting 5.13 minus $0.287 million difference. Amazing value. Even for Danton Heinen, they projected him to get close to $2 million, you know, $0.72 million, um, difference there. Ricard Raquel, they actually projected him to get $5.62 million per year. Penguins got him for five, so it makes me feel like I think a little bit better, even though I'm still not – Fully sold on that contract. It's interesting. They the the evolving wild twins. They projected Kapanen to get three point six seven million um, on a two year deal. Penguins obviously signed him to three point two. But uh, I would love to talk to the twins and see you know what their model led or or why their model was so bullish on Kapanen just because he wasn't good last year. I mean you know there's definitely I think. Um, a big difference between, you know, their model and, you know, the eye, the eye test, at least just because Kapanen was not scoring last season. I mean, he's should not be worth 3.2 million, let alone 3.67 million that um, the, the twins were saying that he's worth Dustin Tokarski. They thought he was worth 1.14 million. The Penguins got him for 780k, very good value. Casey DeSmith, they thought he was worth close to 2 million. Penguins got him for 1.8. P.O. Joseph, they thought he was worth close to a million. They got him for um, 830k. Josh Archibald, you know, and I guess, you know, that's kind of whatever I think at this point. For Malkin, this was the one that kind of threw me off. They only projected him to get $5.73 million, and that's because I think they take injuries, you know, into that equation a lot. You know, they were kind of of the belief that the Penguins sh- should not retain Evgeny Malkin just because of how their model is evaluating him. Um, obviously, you know, I, I disagree with that, but, um, you know, the fact that they were able to get him for, again, not, not too much more than what they were projecting. Um, that's still really good value. You know, Jan Ruta, they projected him to get 2.41 million. Penguins gave him 2.75. At the end of the day, I'm not really, um, super upset about that. And, you know, I think there's definitely been, there's been some better moves out there for the bottom six. Like, you know, not signing cap and maybe making another trade and fitting Nino Nienreiter who only got what 4 million per year um, from the Nashville Predators. I mean, that would have been a, a beautiful, you know, second line option, third line options, something like that. But, you know, the Penguins decided to go for Kappen, which was, you know, a little bit annoying, but, you know, I think this was some really tidy work from Ron Hextall, you know, looking at all the players that they added. Um, and, and this is just for free agency, not just trade, you know, bringing back Latang at, you know, almost a $4 million difference from Evolving Wild. Brian Rust, almost a $3 million difference. Danton Heinen on a massive steal. Ricard Raquel, still a little bit, you know, kind of concerned about the term in AAV. But, you know, if he, he can definitely, I think, surprise me this season. Um, you know, Evgeny Malkin getting him at $6 million. Jan Ruta, I think that's a good deal. You know, K 
Casey, uh, Casey DeSmith, POJ, Dustin Tokarski. You know, most of these contracts are wins. The ones, again, Archibald, one I don't really like. He shouldn't be getting 900K, and I, I especially don't like um, the captain and contract. And, you know, this is still, you know, about a month away until camp. I would still expect another move or two to be made because, again, I do not think this team is going to go into training camp with nine defensemen. And, heck, you especially cannot go into the regular season, which starts in right around this time in October. So just in a couple months now um, with nine defensemen. That's just – that's malpractice. You know, you have a 23-man roster for a reason. I mean, what are you going to do? 12 forwards, 92 goaltenders? So if <clears> – <throat> If a forward gets hurt, and I shouldn't say if, when a forward gets hurt because the Penguins have awful injury luck, you know, you're kind of going to be up against the cap there, and you know, I think you can run into problems that way. So, what they should do, or what I hope, well, I hope they will do, they will do 13 forwards, eight defensemen, and two goaltenders, and voila. So, you know, I think again, I still think there's another mover to be made here, but. You know, I, I agree with Jason that I think a solid B to B plus for the offseason so far from Hextall. He's he's definitely had a lot more W's than L's. Um, again, I already touched on the L's this offseason, the captain and contract, the Archibald thing. Um, heck, even even signing, you know, Jake Drake Kadrula um, to the deal he got, um, which is a, a one one year two uh, two way contract. You know, he yeah he'll have a shot at making the, at the NHL roster. And he's had pretty decent underlines. Um, throughout his career. So I've been pretty happy with, with what he's done. You know, you look at the trades, bringing in Jeff Petrie for Mike Matheson, someone who can play top four minutes. And also I'll talk about this other thing about Petrie later on in the show that he can do um, if Latang gets hurt. And then Ty Smith has the potential to be one heck of a player. Um, if they get his development right, you know, I think working with Tar Reardon is going to pay huge dividends for Ty. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think, again, I think most of you guys should be happy with the work that Hextall did. I think he definitely proved some people wrong. You know, I'll, I'll admit it. I, I'll eat a little bit of crow. I didn't think he was going to get the job done on some of these deals, but you know, for the most part, I, I think it's been a job well done with about a month to go till camp. You know, we'll have to see if he has anything else up his sleeve. I would have to think he will, but you know, looking at evolving wilds, you know, projections there, and you know, the contract value added per team and how the penguins were second on that list. Um, I, I think, you know, that's, yeah, that, that's some good stuff. Um, I, I will say that. Now, coming up in the second segment, we're going to get into the top 20 NHL centers list and why I think, you know, they, they got most of it right. I should say, talk about the penguins that are on there. Um, if you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, you are depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There's a new flavor. Ready? It's delicious, indulgent cookie dough covered in chocolate. That's right. Built has done it again. Let me introduce you to your new favorite. Cookie dough chunk puffs have a light and chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks, and of course, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. All of the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it, plus it's healthy for you. Cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories, and they have a whopping 15 grams of protein in them. You can run to built.com to snag a box for you and the family. It will be the perfect treat, or you can find a really good hiding place and just hoard them for yourself. You're going to love the new cookie dough chunk puff. Whether you need a snack for your workout, a late night treat, or just a need to grab, grab a quick bite, Bill is the perfect protein bar and they taste better than a candy bar. Ditch the calories, fat, and sugar. Grab yourself a Bill bar. You can go to Bill.com, use promo code LOCKEDON15 and get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKEDON15 for 15% off at Bill.com. 
All right, I'm back in this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. You can also follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So, um, Jay Fresh Hockey, well, if you're not following him on Twitter, you're doing yourself a disservice. So, he posted the fans rating of the, his top the 20 centers that he, he ran for his poll versus the NHL Network's top 20 centers that they just ran. So, in both polls, Sidney Crosby was um, the first Penguin to be listed. He came in at number five um, behind uh, Connor McDavid, Austin Matthews, Nathan McKinnon in the Andre Saddle. I think those are really fair. McDavid, obviously a monster. McKinnon, Matthews, Drysaddle, they put up a, more points at this point than Sid. So I don't really have too much of a problem with that. Sid is still, I think, a top five player in the league right now. After him, you have Sasha Barkov. This is on the NHL Network's top 20 list, by the way. Steven Stamkos at seven, Patrice Bergeron at eight. I don't think Stamkos should be at uh, number seven. I would probably bump him down a little bit. Sebastian Ajo, Mika Zibanejad, Braden Point, JT Miller, Elias Lindholm, Nazem Kadri, Ryan O'Reilly, Jack Eichel, Jack Hughes. Guinea Malkin came in at 18, Elias Pedersen, and then Robert Thomas. As for Gino, uh, I would put him right now over Jack Hughes. I think Hughes still has a little bit more to prove. I would put Gino over Jack Eichel. I think he's better than Ryan O'Reilly at this point. I think 15 is a pretty good spot for him. Kadri just had a really good year. Lindholm just had an amazing year. JT Miller, Braden Point, Mika Zibanejad. Um, actually, no, I, I maybe put Gino over Zibanejad. I don't know if that's being too biased. So, you know, kind of around that 14 to 15 range for Angel Network's list. But honestly, no, I don't really have too much of a problem with these. Um, if, if people, if there are, I know there are probably people out there that think that Sid is not a top five center anymore. Um, they're wrong. Uh, just, just know that he has great defensive metrics. Still is averaging a point per game, even though he's 35 years old at this point. Um, and you know, if he was, you know, didn't miss, I think a lot of COVID time this year, he probably, you know, gets close to a hundred points, um, to be honest with you guys. So, you know, I I'm pretty okay with this list. You know, I think if you wanted, if you were thinking about moving Sid up, maybe you put him over dry but you know, McDavid, I think he's the undisputed best player in the world right now. Matthews just scored over 50 again, McKinnon, you know, you know, it's almost like a 1A, 1B, 1C, 1D kind of thing. Um, <laughs> at, at least for me, you know, that, that's how I see it. Um, you know, if Sid were really snubbed, I would be pretty upset about it. But, you know, I really can't find too much to be mad about for that. But then you go to Jay Fresh's list, McDavid, Matthews, McKinnon, Drysaddle, Crosby. Again, you know, I think that's, you know, pretty freaking solid. Barkov at six, Braden point seven, Patrice Bergeron at eight, Sebastian Ajo nine, Jack Eichel ten, Jack Hughes eleven, Mika Zibanejad at twelve, Lindholm thirteen, Kopitar fourteen, Pedersen at fifteen, Matthew Barzal sixteen, Malkin at seventeen, Shifley eighteen, Ryan O'Reilly nineteen, Dylan Larkin twenty. So Malkin, I do think is you know even though he's right around the same you know point on that on the National Networks list, I think he's a little snubbed when you look at um, the fans for uh, Jay Fresh's poll. Um, I think Malkin at this point is a better player than Barzal. I would put him um, at least at 16. I think uh, he, I would probably put him over Elias Pettersson, Andrzej Kopitar, um, and Jack Eichel. I would put him at least – and Jack Hughes. I would put him probably at least at number 12 um, on this list. I think, again, you know, McDavid, Matthews, the top five, they're better than him at this point. Barkov, Braden Point, Bergeron, as much as it pains me to say, you know, he just had arguably the best season of his career last year. Then, you know, Eichel – um, not Eichel, and then Aho, really good as well. Um, I think you know somewhere in that top fifteen, Gino belongs because you know he he was still 
a point-per-game player last year. 42 points in 41 games. He was on pace for 40 goals and 84 points last year if he had played a full NHL season. I think, again, he's going to try to come back this year and really um, shut up a lot of people that think that or that thought that they should not have signed him during free agency. You know, again, there's just – I'm not going to rehash it. I just know there were a whole lot of people out there that just wanted them to go sign Vince Trocek for whatever reason, and he's just not even close to the same player that Gina was. But, you know, I'm glad that he's still getting, you know, that kind of respect that, you know, he basically is, you know, at least a top 15 center in this league, even though he's, you know, not as dominant as he used to be. But still, some of those players on, on the fan list, Barzal, I would easily put Malkin over him. I would put him over Kopitar, even though I think Kopitar is still a really great player. Pedersen, I would put him over um, Jack Hughes and Jack Eichel. So I would probably have him right around num- the number 12 spot. Maybe he's a Benajad too. So maybe, you know, the 11 spot, you know, just borderline top 10, I would say, um, in that fan vote. Um, and, and, I, and I do think you're going to see dominant seasons from Malkin and Crosby this year. And, you know, I don't, I don't, they haven't, I don't think Amateur Network has done the top 20 defensemen yet. Uh, but when they, when that happens, um, I will be the first to talk about that. And I'm sure Jay Fresh is going to run um, a similar fan vote for that and just, you know, see how that compares. So that wraps up the second segment of the show. Coming up in the final segment, I'm going to get into something that, you know, I kind of hadn't really thought about when it came to Jeff Petrie and his acquisition for the Penguins and how, um, he could potentially, you know, bring more value than I, I guess I thought he would, um, especially if there are some stupid injuries that could happen um, this year. So that's all coming up um, right after this commercial break. All right, I'm back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. You can also follow the show's Twitter at Penguins. So I was talking with my buddy, um, about this today, and you know, just basically just BSing about the Mathis and Petrie trade, and I just kept saying to him, I just don't understand why people were complaining uh, about the Matheson free Petrie trade, just because you know, I, I mean, I know Matheson had one heck of a year for the Penguins breakout year, um, I should say, but you know, whenever he was elevated up to top competition, you know, his numbers took a nosedive, and that's just because he's not a top pairing defenseman. In this league, and you know, at times he's not really a top four defenseman. I think in the right role, which he was in with the Penguins, um, you can get a lot of value over him with him. And you saw that um, when he had double digit goals for the first time in his career this year, and just look like a completely different player in his own zone. You know, obviously credit to Tar Reardon for that great work, but still, you know, this is you know he's probably not going to repeat that production on a really bad Montreal team. And again, you know, I was discussing my, with my friend that you know. Petrie, you know, I, I don't, he is a better player. I think the defense right now is better than last year's. And, you know, I, I also will say this, you know, God forbid Chris Letang gets hurt. He's been really healthy for the last five years now. Um, <clears throat> you know, honestly, ever since a herniated disc, um, <clears throat> I saw a stat somewhere. <clears throat> um, he's played in 95, 96% of the Penguins games. There are people that will, t- that will try to tell you that Latang is made of glass. He is not. Uh, just don't even take those people seriously. They just don't know what they're talking about when it comes to the sport. Um, they should go through Latang's actual game log over, ever since that 2017 season and look at how durable he's been since then. He's probably missed – I don't even think he's missed like 10 games in a season 
since that time. I know it hasn't been 15 to 20. That's for sure. He's been on the ice for almost every game. Um, but you know, God forbid, if he does get hurt this year, um, I'm actually really comfortable with someone like Petrie stepping up into that top hearing role for five to 10 games. If Latang does have to miss a little bit of time, you know, because before that trade, um, I don't know about some of Yins. I was not. Were you all comfortable with John freaking Marino going up there and playing top pairing minutes? No, because he doesn't have the offensive capability um, <clears throat> that um, Petrie does. You know, he doesn't have that two-way game to elevate himself beyond that second pair. Petrie does. Booming shot. Great first pass in the offensive zone. Great at moving the puck up the ice. Great in his own zone and defending his net. All those things can be, you know, you, you can oh, – how was it this guy? All those things that he's done well over the years in Montreal when he was on the top pairing most of the time can be translated over to the Penguins. He will be paired with a reliable partner in Brian Dumoulin who, when healthy, is very steady and good. You just have to hope that the Penguins are going to get that version um, <clears throat> of Brian Dumoulin this year. You know, if, you, if they get the version of him that's – know kind of washed like he was last year and you know his skating was not good and all this other stuff you know then I think Petrie could be up a little bit of a creek but you know that said I still think for the most part you know Petrie has what it takes to play on the top pairing if need be God forbid Chris Letang um does get hurt I just wanted to bring that up because you know I've been thinking about that for a little bit and I was like, yeah, I mean, this. I think that's, you know, <clears throat> part of, I guess maybe a small reason the Penguins made that trade just because, you know, this team has been so banged up over the last couple of seasons, you know, just with man games lost, they've been top five um, <clears throat> both seasons in a row now. And, you know, the Penguins, they, they've been pretty lucky that Watang has not really been one of those players, whether it's, you know, being out with COVID or you know, an overall injury, you know, he's been in the lineup most of the nights. It's been, I think, a lot of the other NHL defensemen that have been out. But, you know, I still think, you know, they wanted to, you know, just add another capable, at least a number two guy in place, someone who's been a number one um, in Montreal for the last couple of years um, that can, you know, be be like, okay, I'm going to come up to the top pairing if Latane gets hurt, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make sure he doesn't miss a beat because, you know, again, they have, you know, similar offensive tendencies, although I will say Latang is much better. I, 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 I just stuttered there so badly. Though I will say Latang is obviously much better in the, in the offensive zone than Petrie is. Um, but still, you know, five, 10 games, if, if Petrie has to come up there, um, <clears throat> I think that's <clears throat> totally okay. Um, at least for me. Um, I think that will mostly do it uh, on the show. And I think, you know, even for Ty Smith, if he shows a lot of, you know, good development this year, he could be someone that also could be, you know, implemented in the top four if Marcus Pedersen has to miss some time, assuming he is on the team and he has not traded either before, you know, during camp um, and all this other stuff. So, you know, we'll, we'll have to see on that. But um, again, that'll do it for today's episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I really appreciate all of you listening to this one. I'll have another episode for you all on Wednesday. Going to start getting into some of the games of the year for the Penguins to get you all prepped for the next season. It's going to be here before you know it. Um, only a few more weeks left of this, our three days a week episodes before we are back to everyday episodes for other Pittsburgh podcasts. Go please check out Chris Carter of Locked On Steelers. He kicks so much butt over there. 
Um, he is just an absolute, um, one, an absolutely wonderful human being. And then, of course, Ethan with Locked On Pirates. Uh, even though the Pirates aren't good, you know, he does a good job bringing out content on an everyday basis during the season. So I just wanted to shout them out. Um, when you know you listen to at least one Pittsburgh podcast, I think you've got to listen to all of them on this network. So, again, thank you all so much for listening. I really appreciate it. And I'll be back with another show on Wednesday.